Alex, hello, we're back. We're back, Adam. How's it going? Good. How are you? <laughs> Good. Are you laughing at me? I'm not laughing at you. I'm just laughing at our fantasy league. Well, because you know what, man? Listen, all I have to say is I want people to care about our fantasy league. And right now, I feel like there's a clear divide. <laughs> what? No, no, no. Nothing. Go, go. I'm just there's, saying, you know, it's it's trades are starting to happen, luckily, and you know, there's a bit of zest. I think Will made his first waiver move all year today. Um, and you know, he considering he's the deputy commissioner, I need more. I need more. I, listen, I'm all I'm saying is you picked this these group, this group of people, and you expected it to go smoothly. Like <laughs> I'm gonna have to put put a little bit of blame on you. I said <laughs> at the beginning, I, I think I said to Mike at the beginning of the year. At the beginning of the season, sorry, I said, Adam is going to hate fantasy after the end of this year. Probably, and yeah. I'm on I'm on track for being right. Listen, uh, I got the imposter knock today, so I'm in a good mood. I basically, except for, for Bergeron, I've got like the core of the Boston Bruins. Sorry to get a, a goalie off Daniel, though, but, you know, um, I've, I've heard rumors, by the way, that Fair someone rumors. may be returning to the show by February 1st. I've heard them as well. Okay, good. All right. Well, let's start the show anyway. Uh, talk about hockey. Oh God, oh, Alex. What do we? What do we? Do we just start with the Canucks and get it out the way? Sure. All right, uh, Alex. Rick Tockett. He's the head coach. Uh, what a surprise. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, who's who saw this one coming? Not me. Um, no, I. Not Elliot Friedman. So I did. I hadn't didn't get to listen to uh, thirty one thoughts. Is it true that he actually said, um, that someone from Vancouver, someone from Vancouver, blamed so, him? No, no, he got radio there. He said okay. someone called him and accused him, but he did not say a Vancouver member of management called him and said that it was Phil. No, 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 no. Oh. That being a reference to it's it it yeah that he that he got a call and someone was trying to blame him. And even during the press conference of introducing Rick Tockett, Jim Rutherford was seen to have been putting blame on the media. Did you get a chance to watch the press conference? Did you just find? Uh, I didn't get to watch the entire thing. I saw the the bits and pieces, but I imagine it was an hour. Yeah, I imagine it was uh, as depressing as the first one he did. I um, you know, I don't think he or Patrick Alvine came across it very well. I watched about half of it, and the rest I got quotes from. You know, something for me personally, I'm always a big fan of the placement during a press conference. Uh, I think it's very important. You know what struck stuck out in me uh, watching that press conference, Alex? What? Who is the focus of a press conference of introducing a new coach? Uh, it should be the new head coach. So if you were to assume, in case you haven't seen the photos of the press conference, where should Rick Tockett have been sitting by that logic? In the middle. And guess who was sitting in the middle? Uh, wasn't it Patrick Alvin? It was, which yeah. I just didn't seem to under little thing there. Um, but I mean, what are some the, big highlights? The, the, there was there was a a photo going around saying it's the uh it's a Pokemon evolution because it was oh. J- Rick Tockett, Patrick Alvin, Jim Rutherford. Only older. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. Reminded me of the slack offline for any of you Gen Three fans out there. Hey, ooh, Alex didn't get that reference. Do you no. know what the Slackoth is? I don't. Do you know what the Vigoroth is? No. Do you know what the Slack King is? No. Do you know what Mewtwo is? I do. Okay, there we go. So you're not a complete sort of, um, you know, what's the word? Oh, cool. Alex, that's, do you see what's right there on my computer screen? 
bottom right. Isn't that from that's the, the, that's the Lego BD one? Oh yes, yes, yes. You built it. You built it. Isn't he cute? I oh yes. Anyway, yeah. Uh, completely numb you with hockey. But I mean, I mean, we talk so much about the Canucks lately. Um, you know, there was very Jim Rutherford basically saying, you know, I need to zip it a bit. Still being very no, no. Slow. I want him. I I don't want that. I I don't want him to be quiet. Um, you know, it was people didn't like when Jim Benning spoke because it felt like he never had PR training. Uh, Jim Rutherford just sort of sounds like Alex. I came out that press conference. I didn't come out of it. I wasn't there, obviously. But you know, after watching it, um, you know, I just got this sense of I don't know who the Canucks are trying to fool here. This whole thing of like ah, you know, we you know the media push it, even though you spoke openly about how you didn't want Bruce Boudreaux since the beginning of the year. You know, uh, I, I, I don't know what, you know, even the TNT guys joking about it on the panel. So they definitely knew. I just don't know what, I just don't know what type of game trying to smoke screen Jim Rutherford was trying to throw up. In but, what uh, way? Like, what, sorry, what do you mean? Like, like trying to be like, it's not our fault all of this happened the way it did. It wasn't our fault it got leaked. It wasn't our fault that I said to in interviews, you know, that was being extremely, un- your mother for it admitted, yeah, I'm very honest in my interview. And, and just, you gave it away since November, we've known that Boudreaux wasn't going to finish the season. Right. For two, three weeks, we've known who the replacement's going to be. And for a couple of days, we knew who his staff were going to be. Come on now. It was completely on the Canucks. I hate this thing of trying to push it on the media. And listen, I'm not saying the media are perfect, Alex, they're not. No, but, but they, they, uh, like, I agree, because obviously, like, I've been very vocal the last few episodes in terms of how they've handled it in terms of how things got out to the media. Like, listen, like someone leaked it. Like, let's not be, let's not be fools. and pretending it. what happened there. We all know what happened, but what I will say is I, I think there, when it comes to how it was handled media from the media's perspective towards boost Brudrow. I think it was overdone in terms of, did you really need to like, did it need to be a constant question towards him every day? Like I understand Jim Rutherford's Jim Rutherford's not available every day, mm-hmm. but does that mean you resort to asking the guy who we've all agreed is going to lose his job any minute now, asking him those questions? Like that's, 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 you're trying to get a quote. Like, let's not, let's not pretend like it's something else other than it is. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're not digging for information because they're not going to get it from Bruce Brujo because, because first off, the information's already out and Bruce Brujo's not going to, doesn't have the answer that you think he does. You're trying to get the quote that you did. And they did that successfully. Mm-hmm. They did that. Like, let's be honest. They did that successfully because every time they knew what Bruce Brujo was going to do. Let's not pretend like Bruce Brujo is not an emotional person the same way that John Tortorella is an emotional person. They just show it in different ways. And Bruce Brujo, they like he they threw him a, the question and he hit it out of the park for them. Like, that's what happened, in my opinion, from the media's perspective. I thought it was a little excessive in how they handled it towards Bruce Boudreaux. But yes, of course, they're going to report on it and ask ask certain questions. It's it's the story. It's it's literally, 
going into that game, well, the first one was against the Oilers, and then the, the his second last one against the Oilers, and the last one was it the Avs or was it the Avs then the Oilers? I can't remember. Sorry, but it doesn't. You know, it takes a certain level of of anarchy, maybe that a story when McDavid's in town isn't about the game itself. I will say that you know, yeah, it's it's what else are they supposed to really ask? But you know, um. Or don't ask. You have the story. What what quote are you going to get from Boost Brujo that's going to be spanking brand new? He doesn't have the answers. This, like, he does not have it, the answers you think he does. You know what um, I mean? Yeah, yeah. So should we, just because I want to go back to the press. Sorry, I don't mean to yeah, yeah, no. push it over. It's just. That's okay. There was something about the press conference that stood out to me a lot, right? Um, Alex, we all know that everyone gets along a lot more when there's wins. <laughs> now, you know winning solves many issues that's basically the line right um you know in this press conference the longer it went on we sort of we basically heard it from jim rutherford you know um he's not going to be so honest he's probably not going to be the guy doing all the media conferences that'll be patrick alvin but a lot of the answers patrick alvin had and i thought maybe it was the it was basically the, the pr line they were given how do you get confidence back from the, the fan base? Ah, well, they want to see wins. Oh, they haven't seen a banner in a long time. You know what I mean? It was their their whole thing was they'll forgive us when we start winning here. When the questions were all about process and it just uh, I I didn't think they looked good in that. Jim Rutherford had his own problems and there were still some quotes where he went, Ooh, okay, all right, and not doing yourself any favors there. Not that Jim Rutherford cares. But you know, I, I even thought Alvin at points was kind of like, Man, is this Maybe you just don't get anyone to talk at this point because yeah, winning solves all, but there's a process to get to winning here. You know what I mean? And what was it? Alvin himself apparently said to Rick Talkett that they don't need minor surgery. It's a major operation type thing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I've never seen the question of public perception asked so much in a press conference, but then again, I don't think there's been such a public firing of a coach in how many years besides maybe the Joe Quinville stuff, but that's maybe that's very, very different. Different. Um, Uh... You know what I mean? It's just sort of. I just I didn't like how Patrick Alvin sounded either. To be well, honest, well, I think it's a lose lose. Like I'm not listen. I've been fair, yeah. I've been very critical of them of that management group. But like, I, I just being honest, like I think it's a lose. No matter how you answer that situation, that question, those type of questions, especially with the situation that they're in, I, I don't think you're coming out of that press conference looking good like what what could he they have possibly said that's gonna change public confidence or the sorry the fan base's confidence of that management group right now you just like you like you said like they we just spent the last two months trying to figure out who their new coach was because we knew starting in november that bruce boudreau was not going to be that head coach for much longer right so there's no there's no like I thought Jim Rutherford pretty much hit it spot on of what the Vancouver Canucks are looking at for the rest of the season when he said in his last press conference that he thought they were tanking. That's what it looks like from everyone on the outside to me. Mm-hmm. Now is it going well? Like it's this is much bigger than tanking because there's clearly it feels like there's issues within within the organization once again at multiple levels just like last year there's issues all over the place um so 
will like I, I it's a lose lose scenario I think for them but that's the that's the situation that Alvin Rutherford and Co put themselves in. Well, I mean, are we so the Canucks do win their first game under under Rick Tockett? Yeah, uh, I think the debate for if Tockett's the right coach is one for the summer. Another day, yeah. Um, because I know it's been had, but I mean, he was another guy losing into a and, and uh, his Twitter likes. I you know that was yeah a bit yeah, you know is what it is. Um. But, you know, he wasn't going to – they win that game, but five minutes in, there was a jersey tossed on the ice. Um, not surprised by that somehow. He was booed, which I'm um, not surprised by that. Uh, Alex, just – they talked about sort of – not the exact words, but basically what they're going for is they want to see steps forward for the rest of the season. What does – and maybe the answer is actually more off-the-ice stuff. What does a good season look like for the Vancouver Canucks going forward? Okay, they pick a direction, which means that like, uh, and by that I mean someone's gone, like either. And I don't know if this is possible, but either J.T. Miller, which is the unlikely one, or Bo Horvat, which is the more likely one, is gone, gone, mm-hmm. gone, gone. Yep. Um, and they end up with a bottom five pick like listen like the, the if they don't end up with let's say they get a bottom five pick and it's not Connor bedard uh, it's a deep top five uh, you're still getting a really good prospect out of it yeah. um that would be the definition of success like looking at some of the younger guys like you look at a hogland or you look at a Paul colson is there some type of progress there? That's what you're like. It's similar in a way to um, Montreal, but Montreal has none of the off ice issues that Vancouver has. So that's the big difference where it's like, let's hope our younger guys take steps. The addition in Vancouver is okay. We need to get rid of X, Y, and Z. Uh, Niels Hoglander, I think he mentioned him, was mentioned by, or there was basically a thing of he was being mentioned without being mentioned. Um, yeah, man. Uh, G.T. Miller, of course, was was mentioned. Not surprised by that. Um, what was that line talking have? He's pacing himself. And people were sort of saying, yeah, um, maybe he's pacing himself by not putting any energy into back checking, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, it just It's really funny when you basically see a head coach is there one of the key issues is just to, to make a guy work. I don't think it's to make JT Miller happy, but it's just a thing of, you know, the way that contract is, they have to make it work, at least for now, to make him into a positive asset. Um, but until the, the cap really starts going up, the thing we keep, it's like a it's like a fairy tale at this point. We know it's coming, Alex, but that's not what a fairy tale is. I'm sorry. Um, but, you know, until that happens, that big boost, they have to make Miller into something. And I guess yeah. if, if, talk it can do that at least then it's a win yeah that's their uh, big one i guess so i know you we said we were gonna have the conversation the other day about is he the right coach but i think it pertains to this where it's like rick with everyone's talking about you really replace Bruce Boudreau with Rick Tockett and then listing all the things Bruce Boudreau does, not including the multiple game sevens that he's lost um the, he's not Rick Tockett is not here to win. At maybe in a few years, Rick Tockett 
as he is hired currently, is not here to win right now. Despite what people might say or what they think is going to happen, they he's not here to win. That's just not it. You know what I really hope we don't hear during the summer, Alex? Is let's say Vancouver are in the one to seven range in the draft. Because I think it's the, the cream of the crop, I think is one to seven. Um, but obviously, like the top five is like mm, yummy, but then it's still you're getting a hell of a player. That they do that, they re-sign Kuzmenko, they move Tyler Myers, they have cap space moved up, they spend it on the defenseman again in free agency, and they say the rebuild is over. <laughs> one off year. Who was it? Remember <sighs> Chicago had one off year and it's like we're rebuilding, and then they got Seth Jones, like we're done. Yeah. Um, you know, I just I hope that doesn't happen. Because here's the thing, Alex. This is the golden question, and I'm I'm surprised we haven't mentioned it yet. Um, because it feels like there's a certain you know how in storytelling there's that thing of uh rising action, climax, yeah. uh falling action, conclusion. Yeah. Uh, every story arc with the Canucks has one sort of thing that we we mentioned in our segments too. Um, how is Francesco Aquilini gonna see this in this process? Um, yes, that's yes. Yeah. Uh, anything else on Vancouver or are we, can we, can we take a break? Uh, I think we can take, alone? I think we can leave him alone for a couple of weeks. Good. Let, let Good. him simmer for a little bit. Oh God. Yeah. Not, not a rolling boil. Let's turn it down a bit guys, you know, goodness gracious. Okay. Where do you want to go now? It's wide open. Uh, you decide. Okay. Um, I'm going to quickly just write something that I forgot to put on the document until later. But uh, the Boston Bruins, they do beat the Habs last night, but I want to focus on the Habs. Uh, because Linus Allmark, before this win, became the second quickest goalie to win 25 games in a season. Now, apparently in the top five of quickest games, three of them are Bruins. <laughs> and uh, and then Linus Allmark is right there. And then uh, it doesn't even matter because Jeremy Swayman gets the win last night. Um Man, I'll say this about that game, and maybe we can talk about the Habs after that, then go to the Leafs and go wherever. But um, here's the thing with the Bruins, man, is that it's just relentless hockey. It is relentless. And then you have Marsh. It's just a like the Habs were sticking in it, right? But then who gets the dagger at the end of the game before the, the passer not game team? But Patrice Bergeron, because of course he does, starts the game like the first period. Suzuki beat Bergeron every faceoff that first period. Something you Arp and Basu joked, you frame that and you put it in your room or something. Yeah. Then it's just the Bruins just it's not like a ferocious sort of comeback either. It's just they play their goddamn game, they come at you in waves, and they just play such a word I I never use. They play sublime sublime. I can't even say it right, Alex. They play sublime hockey, you know that sublime. I'm so bad. I'm dumb. I should stop trying to use big words. It's just man. I love watching the Bruins play hockey. It is uh, sickening to me how good they are and how they never look out of games. Uh, this is a a, a a a juggernaut, if I dare say so. Wow, you threw out the word. It's okay. They'll regress next year, right? Man, I don't know. <laughs> it is sublime. God, I'm dumb. I say it. Oh, um, man. man. See, here's the thing is maybe because when Bergeron goes, it's going to be – Whenever Bergeron does go, whenever that is, listen, age eventually caught up to the San Jose Sharks. Oh, it's right. going to catch up to Boston eventually. Unless to. they get Bo Horvat. Which, I mean, <laughs> it 
it's funny last night you're watching <sighs> here's David Krejci and you know his was when Craig Smith was on that line. It's like oh my god, is, is, is he's making it work. Guy was waived and now he's back in the top six. And like Jake Debraska isn't even playing right now because he's hurt. And then they're gonna add him or they're gonna add some monster at the deadline. It's gonna suck. Yeah, like they're not um, even. We're waiting for them to drop off, and they're just not doing it. No, I don't think they will either. Until the playoffs, then, then they are they gonna do get the Tampa Bay and uh, the Tampa Bay of what was it, twenty eighteen? Oh God, where they get swept? Where yeah, they got swept? Maybe, <sighs> maybe not swept, but also there was that famous Detroit team that had like sixty wins and then flamed down the playoffs. Like, does uh, that happen to Boston? I don't know. Uh, I don't think so. But the crazy thing would be is, okay, so they're obviously <laughs> they're going to finish first in the East, right? First in the Atlantic. Like, no problem. Not even a question. Imagine don't you don't know about that. <laughs> Who's going to catch up to them? Alex, I said that because I haven't looked at the standings in a couple of weeks. Uh, they're, tw- they're 14 points ahead of the Leafs and the Hurricanes and the Devils. Who are all tied with 66 points. I think they're a top, they're gonna win the president. Oh, differential is double New Jersey's. What the yeah, hell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I knew they were ahead, but I didn't know it was like even ahead of the hurricanes. Holy can, crap. Can you imagine a first round matchup of Boston and one of Pittsburgh or Washington? Is that what it I mean? That's what it's looking like, unless or uh, or Buffalo who are good for Buffalo. I mean, Florida, man. Imagine, you know, what's funny. It's just I, I look at Buffalo. Sorry, side note here. But like, I think of when the Leafs played the Caps in like 2017, young team on the way up. Um, and then they just get like, maybe they win five games. Maybe. I mean, sorry, maybe they, they lose in five Fine. games and they get that one. Tate Thompson like puts on the show. Um, man, that would be. You know, I think it's pretty safe to say that the Caps, even if they make it or if it's Buffalo, they're not going to win. Even Pittsburgh at this point, I'm like. No, but that it, like, let, let's say Pittsburgh, right? Imagine that's a seven game series, Bart. Like, so, no question. That I, don't is, that. It, I don't know about that. No, no, no. But this is Boston versus. Me. Okay, that's fine. But they have two but, of. They have Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. Top like 30 player according to the athletic. I don't know about that, but Evgeny Malkin? Yeah. Since 1967. I don't agree with that. No, right? I don't agree it's with that. I think they have day. I think they have well, it's on this, it's on the show notes. We're getting to that later. Oh, right. Yeah. But I mean, um, you know, even if the Bruins do beat one of those teams, which I mean yeah, I still yeah. Like I think like between the Sabers, the Caps, and the Pens, I think the Caps are probably the easiest option. But then they still have to go through one of Tampa or uh, Tampa or Toronto, mm-hmm. and then if they want to win it all, they're probably going to have to get through. If you're making me, if you hit me to a lie detector test, who I think is going to come out the Metro? It's one of the Rangers or the Hurricanes. I love the Devils, but I just yeah. think they're too young and inexperienced. Yeah, yeah. I get Palat, but he's that's not enough. Like it's still it's funny that they're this dominant, but they still have an extremely difficult road. It's the playoffs. Yeah, man. Do you do you think I'm not counting out the Leafs here? It's just I say this because the team I'm gonna mention is this team. Mm-hmm. Do you do you give this Boston team the edge over in a seven game series, the team that's that has as you 
pointed out since we started this podcast, every cup final since we started this podcast has included the Tampa Bay Lightning because we started right after the Blues won. Do you think the Bruins could beat that Tampa Bay, this Tampa Bay team, in a seven-game series? As good as Olmark's been, do you trust? Here's the big question. Does Olmark outduel Vasilevsky? Or not even that, because I think Shesterkin was the better goalie when he played against them, not the better goalie overall. But can Olmark be good enough against Tampa to get them past Vasilevsky? Sorry, uh, yeah. I'm sure he can. I'm sure he can be good enough. Like, I, man, that's a good question. That's a good question. Like, gut, my gut says no. Like, I think Tampa can can do it. But then, uh, here's the thing: is like Tampa's gonna add at the deadline. The question is what? Shannon Horvat. Like, what are they gonna add? And it's gonna be disgusting. Um. Uh, my gut goes with Tampa. That's that's huge recency bias, but I, I I'd still go with Tampa in that series. Wow! So uh, it's gonna be difficult for Boston, nonetheless. But man, they're great. Um. So yeah, they do play the Habs. The Habs stick with them for most of the game. A valiant effort. Another great performance from Sam Mountain, though. Uh, it's just not enough to stand up to the Bruins, though. It's just not enough. Um. Especially, God, the Habs are being kept together by bubblegum right now. You know who continues to impress me, by the way, Alex? Who? Two goals last night for Kirby Doc. Great player. Great player. Fantastic player. Really happy. Man, the Blackhawks are weird. Why would you do that? Just, man, I just don't get it. You can be a good player for you. Anyway. You know what was most notable about that game last night, though, Alex? Tell me. Guess who was in attendance? Last night. Yeah. Um, Austin in Montreal. Big name. Little man. The commissioner. Oh, my God. Why was he there? Where was it? In Montreal or in Boston? I was in Montreal. Why was he in Montreal? He said, he's like, I love watching games here. I'm like, do you? Do you? I didn't even know you you ever came to Canada, to be honest. Um, Unless there was an event that made you. Yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, Batman was at the game. Obviously, he did do the press conference, which we we did see. But it was yeah, he was in Montreal. Little man, um, and and the big <laughs> the, the big line he had, which you know, uh, basically saying there is no tanking in the NHL. Teams don't. What was it? They don't tank because of the weighted uh, lottery odds. Which I will remind you, Alex, that since the new lottery odds came into effect, last place has won the lottery every time for first overall. Like, what is this? Like, is this some sort of like game he's playing? Um, I mean, what's he gonna say, right? Yeah, the weekend. Uh, I mean, it's just it's not dude, good. But it's a fault. It's it's a plain out lie. Well, you know what doesn't help, Alex. Is that in the past two weeks we've heard Jim Rutherford and Kent Hughes both mention tanking without well, well Rutherford mentioned the term, but then you had Kent Hughes saying winning's good to a certain point, <laughs> losing's bad to a certain point. Without mentioning it, you had basically the heads of two different Canadian markets, two very vocal Canadian markets, all but mentioned. I don't know, maybe him and Jeff Molson were mentioning uh, you know. Maybe bringing a certain lottery in the last decade. First off, like half of Canada has tanked. 
I'm sure we can list a whole list of teams. I mean, yeah, the Sabres who have tanked. Like Sabres, the most obvious. Nobody tanked. The the or like the okay. Coyotes. The Coyotes for multiple years. Chicago this year. Oh, it's Chicago's an all-time one, by the way. Right this yeah. year, they're all gone. Columbus, like, uh, Colum- this year, no, they've just been riddled with injuries. You don't yeah. sign a Gujo if you're going to tank, right? Like, I, I don't know what to make about San Jose. Uh, if not for Carlson, they're probably Vancouver last. again. He just said it like it looks like they're tanking. Montreal, yes. Ottawa, <sighs> they tried to be good. They, they, the rebuild was over last year, Alex. Yeah, Philly, <laughs> no. Philly's in between. Detroit definitely has like you can't like. There's Heiserman multiple the teams. Heiserman's the ones who like, yeah, the lottery sucks. We got to change it so it's better for last place. Edmonton had done it on multiple occasions. Like it, it's such a blatant lie that it's not even funny. I don't even find it humorous because it's so. Yes, yes, you're right, Gary. The players and coaches do not tank. You're right. You're right on that. That is yeah. the one factual argument I will give to him. In every other facet, it's a lie. It's it's happened on multiple occasions. He, the he, Leafs have done it. He was seeing Sam Montembeau play last night, and he's like, yeah, that's that's someone who's not taken right now, even though it's killing the fan base. I mean, yeah, but it's just the thing of what else was he going to go out there and say, because then you just sort of damage the reputation of the league. Don't defend you know, Gary. No, no, don't defend Gary Bettman right now. I don't want to. Don't but defend Gary Bettman right now. Do you know? Uh, did you see some of the other stuff he was talking about? No. What else did? Apparently, Gary... they want to send the Habs overseas for a game, which I uh, yeah. So, okay, so let's think. I think okay. Well, I think right now the obvious answer would be Slovakia mm-hmm. because they just drafted half of the country. <laughs> um, they don't have as many Finns anymore. France, <laughs> they don't have any French players, but France, <laughs> wait, wait, you know what I mean? You could kind of BS that, but I, I would think Slovakia would be a pretty good one to go to. Probably. Um, again, you, you saw, because the thing you will be playing, Safkowski will be playing, because assuming it's in the future. Um, you bring Mayshar if you want, just to be like, hey, Heidi Ho, here he is. Um, do it against the Devils, because then you can bring Nemitz around. You know, and then you bring up Gabaric and all that. And no, he's not. He's not Slovakian, is he? I Marian, never remember which. Marion like, Gabaric? Yeah, is he Slovenian? Because I think what it's, I think it's. You Kop- know, he's Slovakian. He is. Okay, I'm thinking Kopitar Slovenian, I think. I never know the difference. He is Slovenian. Yeah, yeah. He was because he was part of Team Europe. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, you just bring out some of the goats from there and then you make a whole thing of it. But I would think Slovakia, if they were going to do it. Probably, yeah. uh, or I don't know, maybe you go crazy and go to, I think it's what uh, Nick Suzuki's part Japanese, even though they have clearly ignored the Asian market for years and they did like one game there. I don't know. You could do, I, I, that's too creative a thinking, isn't it? Um, but Silva is a pretty easy one. Um, mentioned apparently they're obviously not an expansion mode as we know, but he made it clear that Jeff Molson would support another team in Quebec. Right. So now we so now we just know it's Gary Bettman who wouldn't support that. That's good to know. Let's cross so, Jeff Molson off the list. Yes. So, and this is basically in reference to everyone saying, and Friedman has said this on 32 Thoughts before, that there would be concern about the revenues of what it would do to the Canadians if the Nordiques came back. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, yeah. So it's it's basically it's the league who don't want to do. So it's just Gary and Bill. Let's let's circle their names. We have an answer. Yeah. Uh, with Logan Mayu, who was asked about because it makes sense, um, he they haven't looked into anything to do with allowing him to play because they haven't been asked. So, thanks, Gary. And apparently, they're nearly done their hockey can investigation. I thought it was done, and they were waiting nearly. for police. No, nope. I thought they was reported on Thirty Two Thoughts a couple months ago. They Maybe said they were ago. almost done. Okay, they were almost done a month ago. Now they're nearly done. Is this kind of like Pasternak inching? God, no, I'm not going to go the contract. Um, but yeah, good for. Uh, I mean, great. Let's get this done. He did sort of say, obviously, this is it's it's not as easy because they don't have the power to subpoena people. Um, you know, so if there's one thing I can trust Gary Bettman about, it's you know making excuses to not make the full effort. But you know, um, God, he sucks. I, I I get it. I'm like, yeah, you don't, but it's still kind of like whatever. I just you know I know they're not going to do their due diligence. Um, oh, hey, that's everything there. Um. Did you put in the Samsonov stuff? Or is it no, Daniel? Okay, mean. so there's a, there are a few things here that I think Daniel has put into the thing. Because uh, the question is here, is Samsonov your true number one? When do we talk about extension? So, hmm. so I think it's right now he is the number one. He got the game against the, ha- the Habs. That's the number one goalie to me. Um, I don't know if that's i don't think that's how they see it but that well i need i need to check something actually alex Sorry. okay Just i, I don't necessarily think that's how uh listen man this is an organization who's trotted out michael hutchinson on saturday night hockey okay or hockey night in canada like let's not pretend <laughs> like they haven't done some abysmal things uh when it comes to their goaltenders I just, okay. I think it's, I, I don't think it makes sense. Like, yes, at this literal moment, he is number one at this literal moment, but that could very much change next week. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think they're, and they were talking about it in the summer and I, they were like, uh, inside some of the insiders were saying like they viewed Matt Murray as the one A and Samson as, as the one B. When do we start looking at extension? Oh God, I, I don't know. I don't really want to think about that. Like, let's get through the playoffs, like, or let's get through the season, and then we can figure out what number he he gets. Because I think he's still in RFA, so um, it, it's a bit messy there. Like, if he would, if he wants to come back, I would be more than happy to bring him back next year. Like, he's been especially at home he's been really good uh, obviously he's had like again he's not a one uh, a starting goalie in my head i don't think he's he hasn't really proved that in here nor had he done that in washington so i think to just say he's your number one i i think is a bit short-sighted right now but if he wants to come back, I I definitely bring him back as as some type of platoon. Uh, RFA with arm rights, by the way. Okay. Yeah, which is always like a ah, great, great. Hey, he seems to like it there. Um, so did Jack Campbell. Apparently, he's exactly. starting to get a little better. My fantasy point. The fantasy points tell me that. 
Yeah, well, thanks, Yahoo, for not telling me that uh, Chris Tang was back. Guy has a four-point night. Thanks. Appreciate it. I hate that. I hate, I hate Yahoo so much. We talked about Linus Allmark. Johnny Goudreau returned to Calgary to a chorus of boos, as was to be expected. Who saw um, that one coming? Had a, had a penalty shot in the first period. Missed the net on said penalty shot. There were things said in our group chat by our favorite Albertan, which I will not say here, but um, I will say that he was very happy about it. <laughs> Man, that's, yeah, that was a tough game for Johnny Goudreau. It's almost like a high-pressure situation. Johnny Goudreau's <laughs> not the same player as he is in the regular season. Ooh, I don't you've heard that before. Is he talking about Max Pacioretty or Johnny Goudreau? Um, I mean, you know, well, not you know, I just you know, but God, Matt's Patrick. I hope he's okay, by the way. But yeah, that, I know. But um, yeah, man, was bad under pressure. God, I hate him. Um, oh God. Okay, so there is one thing. Apparently, I can't find it anymore. Oh yeah. So no, 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 no. So apparently, going into to game day, Daryl Sutter basically pointed out he was disappointed to lose Johnny Goudreau. But remember at the start of the year when um he was like uh hey. Remember how great Jonathan Huberto is, and he's the best passer in the league, and you know, and it bad. anyway. On thirty two thoughts, there was this whole thing basically that um, Friedman talked about that with the Kachuk and the Goudreau line with Lindholm last year, they could score their way out of the tr- out of trouble because the Flames. They can't do it this year, Alex. We've talked about they don't really have the finishers. Mangiapane hasn't sort of been the same either. He hasn't been eating that bread, you know. No, he's not eating that bread, but he got his bread in the summer, so that's good. He got his money. He can retire. Um, you know, he's got that money. He's got that. He's got millionaire. He's a millionaire. Good for him. Um, he made the bread, but basically saying that that message has sort of really affected some of the players. Now, I will also mention apparently Jacob Peltier's agent sort of said it was being overblown, and apparently him and Peltier have a good relationship, aka Peltier and the coach Daryl Sutter, and apparently there's just. Maybe it was the thing of Sutter wanted more attention on the team rather than just here's this individual, whatever it is. But there's there's still smoke in Calgary, Alex. There's still smoke there. Yeah, I mean, listen, they're barely in a playoff spot. I don't even think they're in one right now. They're fighting to be in the wild card after they finished first in the uh, – did they finish first in in the Pacific last year? Um, I'll double check for you. They either finish first or yeah, yeah. They should. They I think they finish first. Um, like after having a season like that and the major reconstruction that that core had, it's definitely got to be a little disappointing to see how it is. So literally they any they did right, any small issue I think is just automatically going to get overblown. I got 111 points. God, they were good last year. Um, what happened? What happened? Um, oh, Josh Norris's season is over. Um, came back, played some games. I think he did score actually, but the same shoulder, um, surgically, surgically, we'll be getting surgery on again. Um, again, it, it is the same injury that kept him out the first half of the year. Um, do we question if that was an early return for Josh Norris? I mean. We can. It'd be pure speculation, but yeah, 
would it again once again like we were talking about with Caulfield last episode? Would it be a surprise? I I, I never am, never am. Right. Um. All right. Two more things I want to talk about. First off, some love for the women's game. I believe Daniel put this in as well. Sure. Sure. Okay. But see, I'm, I'm asking I, I, you. Or did I you? did not. I did not. Okay. There we go. I didn't even see this. So it talks about how it's been promoted. Um, shout out Daniel. He's got his eyes on the board. Uh, NCAA star Daryl Watts. I believe she's like the second highest scorer ever in the NCAA. I tried to look up who number one was. I couldn't find scoring. Like it's not easy to find. I was thinking maybe like Jen Bonnero because wasn't she like a superstar in the NCAA or something? Remember, they were talking about streaks in Hockey Canada when Marner had his, and they brought up her streak there, and apparently it was stupid, stupid good. Uh, anyway, um, record deal. It's worth American money, by the way, so even better for her. 150K with the Toronto Six in the PHF. Um, there also was another thing here about uh, it's a two-year deal. Um, the salary cap is basically intending for next season to double for them up to $1.5 million. Uh, I'm not very good at math, so I can't exactly sit here and say, you know what, Alex, let's talk about the percentage of cap there. Um, but if you think about back in the days of the other leagues when it was like players getting 25K, um, it's nice to see a player sort of start making, you know, real livable money from playing the sport. Yeah, no, it's definitely a step up from what it was before and it just shows the uh growth of the of the women's game for sure for sure sorry i'm ch- looking for this score i see if i can find it as well the uh all-time leaders yeah it's difficult isn't it you thought it'd be easier to find like but and you think maybe the ncaa would have something up right away but no but it was very weird but it was very very weird again you know I can't find it right now. I can't find it right now, sir. That's fine. That's fine. But hey, you love to see it. Um, and this is, let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. Um, I mean, you know, Toronto Six don't love that team very much, but you know, um, we'll we'll, for, we'll forgive that. We'll forgive that. Okay, Alex. Something we haven't talked about. And I was going. I found it. I found it. Okay, thank you. Uh, Megan Agosta from Mercyhurst, who had three hundred and three points in four years. That's stupid how many do you know how many games it doesn't say it's from uh, an art i can see if i can find the uh number but it's just from yeah. an article i mean me maybe there's an elite prospects page that's, on that's what i'm looking that's what i'm looking okay for. fair enough um, i found it okay uh in 134 games hold on a second that's pretty good that's <laughs> she had 157 goals Geez, you ever you think you ever get bored of it? Oh goodness. Um, last thing to talk about here, Alex. I was gonna wait until this was done. The Athletic have solely been releasing um this is the headline of the story. NHL 99, a project ranking the greatest players in modern NHL history. They're doing 99 for I mean, you ever heard of Wayne Gretzky? And we all know who as the article sort of jokes, who number one is going to be. We do. Um, now, this is post-1967 expansion. So what's annoying about this, Alex, is do you know who is technically not going to be on this list? Who? Gordie Howe mm-hmm. is not going to be on the Athletics' 99 best model. I just I just think it's a little insulting to have a a list. And, you know, obviously, you know, the greatest French player of all time, Maurice Richard, will not be on the list either. See, I think I don't think he he's going to be on the list. 
Uh, but I think like Gila Fleur is on it, on it, obviously, and stuff. Um, but you know, uh, yes, yeah, so you won't find like Bobby Hall's on here, Maurice Richard, Howie Marez. Um, uh, it's just I just I just had a bit of a problem that we're not going to go and see. Um, we're not going to see. Uh, Gordy Howe on the list, but here's what I wanted to mention, Alex. On this, and we talked about this specific article to do with Carey Price a couple weeks ago. Um, he is number 88 on this list. Why is that relevant? Well, because I wanted to quickly look. Roberto Belongo, you know, um, first battle Hall of Famer, is 63. Okay. And Henrik Lundqvist is, sorry, not 77. It's trying to, uh, I'm pretty sure it's 50, but I want to fact check as I'm going here. Um, Henrik Lundqvist is 50. They have Henrik Lundqvist as the 50, 50th best player in NHL history. That far ahead above, above Carey Price. That far ahead of Roberto Lalongo. I also want to mention the greatest players in modern hockey history. They do not have Leon Dreisaitl on this list, which you could think maybe he has a young career. But here's the problem with that. They have Austin Matthews. At 64 right now, no disrespect to Austin Matthews. They have him ahead of Doug Gilmore, ahead of Mike Gardner already, and one spot ahead of three-time Stanley Cup champion Jonathan Taves. I have my problems with Taves. Marty St. Louis is 62, by the way, so you love to see that. Um, But you're just looking at some of the guys. Nikita Kucherov is 72. Drew Doughty is 73. Nathan McKinnon is 74. Stamco, 75. Right now, they have Austin Matthews ahead of them. Connor McDavid is 16. Who is 17, Alex? Would you like to know? It is a former Oiler. Uh, isn't it like Mark Messier? Mark Messier. I just want to sort of point out, by the way, they have Martin, uh, they had Martin Brodeur. Um, where he should be at 21, and they've just released number 11, which is Patrick Waugh, which I believe will probably have the first goalie in their ranking as Dominic Hasek. Fair, as long as it wasn't... Great argument for that, too. Yeah, well, you know we, you know what? Because Alex is such a... Sorry, because Daniel is such a Martin Brodeur fan, and I'm such a Patrick Waugh guy, we never actually on this podcast give respect to Dominic Hasek, but we should more. I just think it's a little stupid the way they've done this. They 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 have a list that they specifically do modern stuff to keep out Gordy Howe. Yeah. And you have again no disrespect to Austin Matthews. I don't have an issue with the modern yeah. stuff. I don't I don't understand the issue but with the modern how stuff. How can you put like, Matthews it's a silly, and David there? No, I agree. I agree. I just don't see why this this like it's the same argument as the uh, trophy stuff. I, I understand. I'm, I'm saying like, I don't think it's as disrespectful to leave, n- leave him off the list, knowing what the list is about. It's Mr. Hockey though. Okay. He but 99%, he 99% of hockey fans know who that is. We know where he ranks. I don't, I don't think we need to throw him in on the list. There's probably a good chance. Most of the people don't, <laughs> there's a lot of people don't know the history behind any of these players. Do you know what their argument for not having Gordy Howe, by the way, is? Um, and they do say, is it sacrilege to have um, to have a best of all time without uh, Mr. Hockey? They say maybe. First off, but Howe only played 369 NHL games from '67 onwards, six seasons in the WHA, so he's out. Um, so they do acknowledge it. I just think it's a bit stupid if he did so technically play there. I, I went to go. This is completely 
off track, but I went to go look at something because I was yeah. curious. I went, I, I pulled up Matthew's career and then I pulled up Doug Gilmore's career just to see, just to see what would, to see the differences. So Matt, Matthews already has more than half of Doug Gilmore's career goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm just, I'm not, I'm sorry, that's not my, I'm, that's not my, uh, I'm not trying to say he should be above Doug Gilmore. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I just thought that was crazy. Now, they do have a, a point system for trophies, but they don't include include Stanley Cups. Now, here's just, a, now, I'm trying to be objective as possible here, but Alex, I'm going to make it personal now. I think it is so stupid. So stupid. And again, personal because of the player I'm about to mention. You cannot make any excuse to me that at this point, by the end of their careers, who knows? But you cannot tell me definitively in a top 99 list, you have Carey Price about 20 spots behind Roberto Lolongo and 33 spots behind Henrik Lundqvist. When advanced numbers say that Carey Price is better, if not the same level as Henrik Lundqvist, and that you put Austin Matthews ahead of Carey Price, a franchise leader in wins, how dare you? I mean, how dare you? That's personal, though. That's personal. I will acknowledge that is personal for me. That's personal. I think it's stupid. That's me, though. I'm done. I don't like bringing up lists because I think they're dumb, but the athletic are a different sort of, you know, I have respect for the athletic, but that's dumb. No, it's how uh, dare you? It's a list, man. That's what they do. Yeah, yeah. Remember when everyone made a big deal about Joe Thornton not being a hundred best player, and then so these guys have him in the top fifty. Yeah, I think that was done on purpose. You know, is that what they said? Where is Joe Thornton? What number is he? I think he's around 30. Just do the control F thing. Oh, I found it. He's 32. He's 30. Joe Thornton? Yeah, what's the argument? second best player of all time? He's good. Not of all time since 1967. Yeah, since 1967. There's a difference. There's a difference. I don't understand your problem with that, though. I, like I it's just, it, it's 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 it doesn't make sense. I don't understand the issue. I just don't think he's that high. Okay, no, yeah, that's so. not what I'm asking you about. I'm asking. Oh, I don't understand the issue. I don't understand the issue. Yeah, you're right. He's not 30th since 1967. Yeah, no, okay, good. I thought we I were can, gonna, no, I don't understand like, what oh, the issue with the 1967 is. Like from that point it, onwards, I just think it's stupid. I, I just don't like you. Like by but, the way, we're I talking think, about a league realize. that's a. We're talking about a league that's a hundred over a hundred years old. We're talking about probably thousands of players, like now. Then we're then we're gonna have the issue of okay, well, comparing Johnny Bauer to Carey Price is unfair because Johnny Bauer played in the in the nineteen forties and nineteen fifties. Like it's just Carey it's Price a, is also better than Johnny Bauer. <laughs> Okay, but that's not yeah, the yeah, point. That's, that, but that's, that's 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 that. I, I know what you, you mean. What I, I mean? know what you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. By the way, one quick thing, and I will respond to you in a second. Uh, Thornton thirty-two, Aginla thirty-four. Oh. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know if I agree with that. Come on, I think you should. I don't know about that. Come on, Trey. I don't. Yeah, no. I there's no excuse for Joe Thornton at thirty-two. Now, 
Malkin over Peter Forsberg? I don't know about that. I like Peter Forsberg a lot, though. I will acknowledge I like. It's just sort of like they had to nitpick to get Gordy Howe off because he technically played in that era. Technically, he did. I just think it's um that's the one name. Everything else I'm cool with. I think it's just the thing of that they had to dissect their rules to cut out Gordy Howe. I mean, like, okay, so who's 99 here? Sorry, who is like who who Sorry, was so we... important that we had to be like, you know, we can't just throw Gordy Howe in there. Sorry, let me just double check this. I'm being petty. I get, I know it, but it's just uh, like who the hell was 99? I need to know who was so important. The 99th best player. Okay, so they have nine. They do have a hundred here. What the hell? Well, the number Andre number Curry. number one is Wayne Gretzky, so it stops at two. So, I mean, it's just so wait, quick question. Where do you personally put Gordy Howe all time? By the way, uh, top five. Top five. Okay, no, but yeah. where exactly? Uh, I get a blur ready for my hockey takes. I'll have to make sure you suffer the same fate. I don't know my order. I don't have my order off the top. Yeah, I know it's, it's difficult. It's but, a tough you know. one. But you know what's like? Sorry, we're talking about. I was just scrolling through the list. I think it's extremely disrespectful that um, where I just passed him. Peter Stats knee is fifty six. He the had second, he know. had the most points in the eight or second most points in the eighties. Behind, come on, do behind the Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, behind Wayne Gre- Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, th- exact. That that proves my point. Yeah, I get it. To Could have him at fifty six, we we had to make sure we hit a hundred, and we had to make sure we put Mark Andre Fleury on the list. By the way, you Sorry, could, Jeff, but you know, I'm just mentioning. Oh, by the way, Mark Andre Fleury at a hundred. Wow, they really, they really. Uh, wow, that's that's tough for Fleury. Um, but yeah, no, that's uh, the Stastny. I didn't think you'd get upset about Peter Stastny, but well, he has the most points in the eighties, and he's in the fifties. That's that's, that's disrespectful. That's unbelievable. <sighs> okay, question. Uh, we're we're gonna do this one. Okay, so a certain defenseman is at fifty-two, and another one is at sixty. Okay, wait, who's at sixty? Eric Carlson. Okay, and who's at the other one? Who do you think is at 52? At 52? Yeah. Is it are they playing now? Mhm. It's not Dowdy, is it? No. Dowdy's in like 70, isn't he? Sorry, what where is Carlson? 60. And okay. this unnamed player is at 52. What team did he play for? I can't tell. No, that it, it gives give away, it away the answer. It'll 100% give it away. It's not Lidstrom. He hasn't been named. No, no. He plays right say, now. Lidstrom. He plays right. This oh, person plays right now. It's not Kale McCarr, is it? No, no. Duncan Keith? No. Okay. He plays right now? Yeah. Yes, yes. He's in that conversation. Headman? Yes. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. You don't I know about you, Carlson I, I over think, Hedman, or, or sorry, I, yeah, yeah I'm very biased to that. Again, if oh, we're not, I think it's not Stanley even. Cup. I think it's all do. St- yeah, but it's more than Stanley Cup. Like you look at Eric Carlson. Yes, he dragged the uh, Ottawa Senator. Wait uh, a second. Wait a second. Wait a uh, second. Wait a second. Wait a second. He dragged <laughs> the Ottawa Senators to the the conference finals that one time. A hundred percent. I'm gonna give him that. He's no. He is. <laughs> 
He is the best offensive defenseman of that generation. Are you about to do what I think you're going to do? Victor Hedman has I and they I understand they have Andre Vasilevsky, but you cannot tell me the the importance of Victor Hedman to the Tampa Bay Lightning. All right, so Hedman's higher on my list, yes. Okay, so on the actual list, sorry, one more time, who's higher? Hedman, they have 52. Carlson? No, 52 wait, wait. is Hedman. So your argument, okay, so basically what you're doing here is- I'm is, agreeing with the athletic, yes. But you are bringing it up just because you know I'm the biggest Eric Carlson. Correct. I just, wanted to see what, I just wanted to see what you thought. I would have them even with Carlson slightly ahead. I don't know. I would disagree. I Listen, I feel Three the same Stanley way about Cups, that debate. A Conn Smythe. I feel that debate is the same thing. And I, I remember I before the finals, I said he should have won that con smite. I had my 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 mouth banded shut and I said Eric Car- that uh had been should have won it. Here's the thing. I would put them in the same tier as I would for Lundquist and Carey Price comparables. But Eric Carson's- Yeah, but that but I yes, I would also put them in the same tier. Carlson's more special. But I would take I would say I would put Victor Hedman ahead. Should Shea Weber be as low as 90? Um, He's a difficult no. one. He's a difficult one. Like, I, was, there is, like, I, I understand. I, I get their list does not. In, I, I get their list does not include playoff success, but it's dumb not to say like it's it's it's. Poor, it's dumb to ignore that stuff. It's it's a little, or sorry, like Stanley Cup success. I I, I don't know if I, they said at the beginning they didn't include like Stanley Cup the wins. Cups which, are part of trophy points, which I think so they, I, they I understand. I understand that from a perspective, but I think when you look at certain guys, you have to be like that. Eric Carlson, perfect example, didn't win a Stanley Cup, but literally dragged the Ottawa Senators to a conference final game seven. Um, uh, what was the original question that you asked me, though? Before um, I, I, before I put I myself on attention, I just think you just all I was saying was I have them the same tier. Oh yeah, the the thing with Hedman is I don't know, like you, there's I don't know, I I put Hedman ahead. I think he's just a more unique defenseman. I think there's stuff Carlson. That, he's yeah. more offensively talented than Victor Hedman, but I don't think I I think. Victor Hedman is by far the more well-rounded defenseman. We both know I'm not going to change my opinion. I know, I know, I know. And you're know. not going to. I'm this not going like to change Cooper my opinion. Bedard. So no, this no, is the, the Bednar, Bednar thing. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. I, yeah, I'm not going to change my opinion. You're not. But Yeah, yeah. Eric, Eric Carlson's the he's the man. Um, he got robbed of a few Norris trophies, to be honest with you, too. Uh, so is Victor Hedman, though, to be fair. Uh, Drew Dowdy, Drew Dowdy, see, I don't even want to get, it, but Dowdy's lower than both of them, I think, which is right. Yeah, um, but right. It's, oh man, you know, I think we would should just stop doing this. Didn't the NBA, when they did their top 75, like again, when the NHL did their 100 best players, they didn't rank them, they just released it, right? Just, yeah, the they did. Didn't they do it at the awards or something like that? I don't remember, man. Um, but just why not just do a freaking um, just just if you want to have a bit of fun, just rank them by positions like the best goalies and that don't do the hundred thing because I, I get so upset having to say who's the better player overall. Like, how do you expect me to rank Patrick Waugh versus Steve Eiserman? How do I do that? <laughs> They're completely different positions. 
uh, you know what I mean? It's just um, even though they had Wall technically above Iserman and Sakic, which is um, again, I think Wall's the best goalie of all time. I'm interested to see where Nick Lidstrom drops on that list because you know me. Yeah, he's your best defenseman of all time. Yeah, yeah. Him, Crosby, Wall. Trying to think who's another who's another skater I would want if I had to have a three on three of my goats. You know, we got when Daniel gets back, we're gonna do a each of us do our three on three lines for like our and, and some and who's gonna who's gonna forget to pick Nathan McKinnon. Oh, that's bad. That was bad. It's not as bad as forgetting Barkov in a league wide draft. Yeah, that was bad. That or was tough. Often. That was bad. That's embarrassing. He always he's not over yes, he is. What? That's it. Remember the the debate of Barkov's not underrated anymore. Yeah, yes. I don't know. I I put this. I don't think he's underrated. I think he is. he was. I don't think he currently is. Okay. I think I you think that lasts for a period of time until seventy five percent of people on TV are like, "Wow, look how good Andre uh, Andre uh, Alex Barkov is." Then it's like, "Okay, well, he's not underrated." Uh, maybe a little bit. Okay, that's enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, Jesper Bratz decided maybe we should stop. Oh, Alex, you can do the intro. Outro. Uh, well. Can I ask you one more question? Is Nathan McKinnon at number 74? Is he? He is. Oh, that's where they have him? Yes, yes. All right. My question is, uh, should he be at 74? I uh, he can't. should be higher. Than, isn't Matthews like 64? Uh, yeah. That's dumb. <laughs> like, like, how... How? Um, no, he should be higher than that. Off the top of my head, I would have to go and look at some of the names, but like, it's like again, my my marker is if you want to have Matthews there, then I think McKinnon needs to be around there instead. Like this is a guy he just got hit. You know what? I would assume in their ranking doesn't help McKinnon is he doesn't have his MVP yet, which is really weird to think of. But like, you're you're again asking me one of my favorite players. Is Kale McCoy oh, yeah. on that list yet, by the way? Uh I thought I like give me one second. Because that's that's an that's a very annoying one to list. Because he because of the year he just had. Uh he didn't. He's only played 173 NHL regular season games. That's feels like he's played a lot more, but that's and okay. he's done that much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, Jeez. well. Okay, yeah. now I'll do the outro. Um, thanks for listening to another episode if you enjoyed it uh, make sure to subscribe uh, rate us if you can on Apple Podcasts or Spotify uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram YouTube, TikTok we are pretty much everywhere so if you you're on it we're probably on it are we on Stitcher? Uh, I think so yeah Okay. Um, and then we'll see you on Sunday Bye-bye. Yes.